we're connecting people. We're using mm. technology, tech platform. You know, we're a commerce platform. We'll have lots of things in the marketplace. We'll have lots of support in the ecosystem that help athletes do all the things easier, like better creation tools, taxes, get financial help, get healthcare insurance. But at the core, um, we help people connect. We're connecting a young athletic consumer, you know, like the person who's in high school trying to achieve their next level. They might want to get in the college recruit system. That's hard. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast, and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex, and my very special guest this week, Tracy Benson. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks, Alex. Tracy is the CEO and co-founder of Obsess, the sports marketplace platform, connecting consumers to top athletes and empowering athlete entrepreneurs to manage, merchandise, market, and monetize their fans online. Now, Tracy is previously with uh, Monster Inc., the makers of Beats by Dre, Seek Thermal, Best Buy, AT&T, and The Home Depot, where you developed the first athlete work program for Olympians. You're also an all-conference NCAA volleyball athlete and Western Illinois University before becoming a professional beach volleyball player. So welcome to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. As soon as I saw um, the company that you were building, I was literally just like, this is so me. I want to get you on the show. So thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. Thank you so much, Alex. It is great to be here. Uh, it's a wonderful day, a wonderful year, and let's, you know, screw it. Let's just do it. <laughs> awesome. Now, look, uh, Quirk of Fate, a friend of mine, Ollie Forsyth at Antler, the early stage uh, venture capital firm, released a creator economy report today. In it, he highlights a bunch of things such as, you know, history of the creator economy, the latest 140 plus creator platforms enabling creator ownership, Web3 and the impact for creators, um, creator unicorn characteristics, which I haven't dived into yet, but I will, and the next type of platforms that may be used potentially by, by billions of users. Now, you're going to know the size of the opportunity in this space far better than me, but tell me, first of all, when, when you identified an opportunity specifically in the creator economy and in the sports marketplace that, that you're fully involved in right here, right now? Yeah, that's a great question because I think the creator economy uh, has been sort of evolving, but we're really, I think the pandemic just cracked it open, quite frankly, because 
you know, you've got this new time, new energy where everything is online. And we've been talking about for years that uh, the individual will be the small business of the future. So the time that it really hit me was, I got to say, I'm going to go back like 20 years. Um, I grew up as an athlete, played sports my whole life. That's all I, you know, eat, breathe, sleep, think. That's all you do as an athlete. You know, that top 10% where you're just like, that's me. That's how I self-identify. Well, I think the moment that really flashed forward in my career after playing and after growing into chief digital and chief marketing officer in various roles you talked about was I've always been in the consumer market, helping consumers solve problems. And the one thing that I saw was athletes still have the problem that existed 20 years ago and probably 30 and 40 years ago. They still have it today, which is sports wasn't built for them. Sports mm -hmm. was built for the revenue and it was built to sell you know, teams, leagues, merch. And, you know, you and I grew up, grew up in sort of our careers watching the growth of the team sports. Uh, nothing better than, you know, little football and soccer and everything else. But what I saw was that moment where consumers were struggling to tap into the personalities, tap into the skills and the talent and the mentoring of the athletes. But the industry wasn't, and it still isn't motivated to change their entire business model to support the athletes. That's not how it works. And so I felt like this has been an age old problem. Athletes can't make money. They can't make money using their talent and skills. Very few do. Consumers really want to learn. If you're a young athlete, there's nothing better than being able to, in just a few taps, access an athlete from anywhere to learn how to have better positioning on your, on your surfboard or uh, how to ride moguls, or how to do a you know three-point shot from the corner from the master of the three-point corner shots. Mm. And so it was that moment where I said, nobody's going to solve this. Athletes need a champion. We know sports. I know athletes. I am an athlete. I, I still wish I was you know in that credibility chart you gave me, but I'm not. But I have the skills and the understanding of the market. And it was the vision that said, if we can help athletes make money, secure a future, they are the creators of the future. They've been the creators of the past. They just have been living in a time in an industry when it wasn't built for them. And so it was that moment probably about realistically six, seven years ago where I said, somebody's got to do something about this. And I'm the type of person, this is why I love your podcast. It's like, screw it. You want to make it happen? You're going to have to go do it because it's not yeah. getting done. So um, it took me a couple of years to really kind of say, if I do this, you know, what is the vision and what is, what do the athletes really need and what do consumers want? And so I just finally took the plunge about three years ago and said, uh, listen, nobody better to solve the problem for athletes than an athlete who lives, breathes, and understands the problem. So it was yeah. a moment about three years ago, we technically hit that button. Um, but in my mind, it's been there for 20 years. And the last seven, just really seeing the growth of consumers wanting it, the individual. So 
And and at, and at that time, um, you know, what were you what were you doing? You know, I talked about your your biography there, and you know, some of those amazing you know companies that you've worked yeah. for, and you know, built yeah. communities yeah. and platforms for. What were you what were you doing at that time? And did you take that leap of jumping straight in, or did you ease yourself into it by maybe reducing <laughs> your hours, or how, how did that go? Oh, I wish that was the case. I was in a very busy job as a chief marketing officer, building you know consumer tech brands and developing the commerce channels and all over the world. And so there wasn't anything not busy about me, <laughs> but it was the moment where you say to yourself, is this important enough as a mission to make it happen? And you have to take the leap. And so sometimes, you know, I live in Northern California up in San Francisco and there's a great area we call the headlands it's like giant cliffs, you know, it looks just like uh, northern Spain or lots of places in the world, but it's like straight down. And sometimes you have to say like, okay, am I going to base jump off this cliff? Well, my answer is no, because I don't, I don't know how to base jump, but do I have a parachute, virtual or physical, that is going to, you know, be enough for me to move on? And I just took the plunge um, and I took the plunge with a lot of what I would say is first understanding work. I've been working with athletes my whole life as a chief marketing officer. And so I took that voice from them and I said, God damn it. They still have the same problems 20 years ago when I was building the Olympic work program for Home Depot. I can't make money. I can't go to a committed schedule at Starbucks or otherwise and they need to be able to use their skills and they deserve that. And so I took a big jump, um, you know, virtual parachute. And uh, here we are today. And it, it drives me every day that I wake up. I, I bet it does. I bet it does. It, and it, is, is there, I mean, you, you started Obsessed three years ago. Anybody else doing anything like this at the time on any level or since like in the last three years? Yeah, what's interesting is I've always found in my career, uh, especially, you know, helping build brands like Beats and GoPro, when you have a good idea, everybody wants it, right? Mm. Um, but I think the real difference between an idea and success is, you know, an entrepreneur or a founder's ability to, you know, find that vision and execute against that, knowing things are going to change along the way. And so, yeah, you know, it was it was the timing it sounds like a great timing, but literally we had just launched Upsash, which means, you know, we incorporated, we kind of set forward. We did a bunch of product and market research, working with about 50, 70 athletes, just to really shape and understand what problem are we solving. And then I'm not kidding you. I'm not shitting you. The pandemic hits. Okay. And the world freezes. But what happened was in some ways it helped drive what was already in place, which was athletes were relying on very small income sources, the long tail of athletes, like all those Olympians, they're relying on a couple hundred dollars a month. They're relying on, you know, being able to build their own website, build their own app, try which they don't have time for. And it's complex. And so there's a lot of chaos out there. And we thought, if we could put an all-in-one destination, so Obsession is the creator marketplace platform for sports, for athletes to be 
those individual startups. If we could put that together, instead of having all this fragmentation, which still exists today, like you can go in the app store and you can see like a hundred very, very specialized things. Like we do fitness coaching for ball handling. Then you got to go somewhere else to do something. We wanted to put an all-in-one commerce platform together where an athlete can just plug and play, be -hmm. like, okay, I don't have to figure that out. They figured it out for me and we support and we are geared just toward athletes. So no, I don't see anybody doing it today, but make, make no mistake every day for us, even though we started, you know, pre-pandemic nine months before every day is day zero, because when you have a big market, great timing, and you happen to have a window of opportunity, a lot of people are going to come after you. So yeah, yeah, I take yeah. that as a compliment. And I also take it as validation that hmm, if we solve this for athletes, then that's a big market. So every day mm. is a competitive day for any athlete. Indeed. And um, as you mentioned, you know, timing is everything, isn't it? Um, no no yeah, matter, no matter bad, what, right? what you're doing in life. Yeah. yeah good, or, good or bad. Yeah. Um, and as, as you've, you know, alluded to, you do have a, a window of opportunity and, and, and for you, yeah. you know, building this business, is it to, you know, part of it is to, you know, build some kind of scale where you've got X number of athletes covering X number of sports on X number of continents to, you know, to, to, to get there for you. Yeah, that's exactly right. The one thing that we don't do is we don't serve the 1% of athletes that have an entourage, have a team of agents. We don't serve the LeBron James or the Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. We serve the athletes. Uh, I think there's some education that has to go on with um, the world. Most times when you hear names in the media, like, oh, this, you know, person is an Olympian or, you know, this female athlete is playing in the WNBA, the time and amount of money they have access to is very limited for a very short period of time. And whether you're a female or a male, if you're an independent athlete, let's say you're an Olympian and you're going to represent, you know, uh, the U.S., unless you're slated in the top two, and even the top two are not making, you know, $10,000 a month, they're making like, $1,200, $300. So the education, we want to be the long tail. So no different than you go to Airbnb because you want choice, you want access. Mm -hmm. Young consumers who are looking for sports talent, they may want to go to an Olympic triple jumper to learn the skills and techniques for load bearing on your legs. And they might be a basketball player. And they might want to go to a basketball player for specific like defensive uh, skills. And therefore you'd say, oh, well, I want to go see Monique Billings, who's a WNBA player or Jasmine Walker, who, you know, they play different positions. And so we have to have a wide selection of athletes. And today we have more than 300, but we have thousands waiting to get in. And so we vet the athletes for their credibility, their skills, the personality, because we're delivering virtual coaching online, right? Mm-hmm. One-to-one. And so we have to make sure, you know, the athletes also have a personality where they might have the best skills in the world, but they hate cameras. Well, okay, it's going to be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And so 
we vet them so that when a consumer, we want any consumer from anywhere in the world, whether they're coming in from a small town in England, they're coming in from India, they're coming in from the U.S., they can get access to the skills, mindset, nutrition, body techniques of any top athlete in the world. So we're built for the millions. Um, we don't have the millions today, but we want athletes to know, like, we're here to serve you. We understand you and we want to make it easy for you to pick up and build a product and you don't have to do all the other hard stuff. Just bring your skills to the table. And an athlete can do that from a top athlete can do that from anywhere in the world. They can literally, I've seen athletes give coaching from ice baths, <laughs> from helicopters on the top of a mountain, from uh, the beach, they just got done surfing because they want to leave Let the go. impact. Yeah. So mm. millions were built for the millions of athletes who want to secure their own future as their own creators or startups. We call them athletepreneurs. I like so, that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause my, my podcast, I have my business is a podcast agency and yeah. it's called podpreneur, you know, so <laughs> oh, I, like that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. And, and and a couple of things to to pick up there, but one being so, yeah. Your your policy is not to have anybody and everybody on that side because you could have populated that in week one, couldn't you? With with oh, that, that would that's the easy you know? part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What we're building, you know, we really started Obsesh to bring a specific vision to the world, which is to humanize sports, to bring people together. And in order to bring people together in this world of social media and, you know, digital is, you know, native to everybody and everything, we really wanted to stand for quality. And so um, our hardest challenge in that is not judging personality and not judging quality, but um, making sure that when a consumer comes, they can actually find who they need. And that's a learning journey for us because we've just recently seen it's seasonal, just like sports. Oh my gosh, we need uh, a ton more soccer players and we need soccer players yeah. that are uh, in the Premier League, in the US League, in the you know Women's mm. League, and we need soccer players of every position. So we have to be really specific about consumers want this. Oh my gosh, let's go see if we can find the right athletes. And it's a hard equation, but we want to stand for quality and credibility. So anytime someone comes in, they know we've vetted, you know, the athlete. Mm. So it's not, we're not appealing toward, and I hate to say this out loud because I think these guys are cool and they do some pretty cool things. We're not appealing toward do perfect. We're appealing toward athletes that want to teach, coach, and package up their skills and talent into products consumers are craving to buy. And, and going back to a previous point you made there, which I, I think so many kids, teenagers, you know, young athletes growing up don't realize yeah. is that the the athletes that actually make decent money is is so small. And I think so small. You know, it's we, less we, than 120 people actually in the world that can count on a salary that will sustain or build a future for more than four years. No way. So that's a pretty small pool. And like I said, you know, if you're fortunate to be one of those athletes, first of all, you've, you've earned it, but you know, take tennis as an example, very few people in tennis 
make the money that Serena Williams does. Serena's done an amazing job of building investments and building a team Mm -hmm. around her to maximize that. You can't, as the person who's on the ranks trying to play and compete at that level, you have the same costs. You have training costs, travel costs, equipment costs. It's it takes a lot of work, and most of those tennis players make on average fourteen dollars an hour. Yeah, wow. That that you know, if we can help that tennis player go from, you know, fourteen dollars an hour to a couple thousand a month, or to a way to build a career and a family, it keeps them in the sport. Mm. It allows them to use their skills, build the relationship with consumers, which benefits everybody, including the USTA or any other tennis organization. Mm. And it's a win-win. And so there's just so much friction in the marketplace. We always say we're helping athletes secure a future. That's why they come to Obsession. Secure a future, make an impact, and help others where largely they weren't able to be helped themselves. And I I saw that almost underlined and not much in the British press about it, but, and you'll, you'll be able to tell me who it is, but Mm -hmm. a female WNBA player who's being held in Russia, but the fact that she's held in Russia, she's trying to, you know, play for two teams in different seasons to to generate an income. That is a really good example. And so, um, you know, and I don't want to publicize her because she's in a very tough, tough spot. Right. Um, and so, it doesn't take any work to kind of look up what's happening or, you know, what's the situation. But it's a great example of uh, WNBA players for many, many years, up until about last year, had a salary cap individually of $125,000. Okay. Imagine okay. You've, you've got 32 or 22 teams, you've got 20 players on the squad in some cases, and a maximum that a player up until about two years ago, maximum a player could make was about 120,000. Now look at the NBA. I I don't even want to point that out to you. Like the person sitting on the bench who doesn't even get the uniform on is making more than $120,000 a year. Yeah. But what was more important was those players, while you could make this maximum now, I think it's moved up just a little bit over 200. It's like 250. But the team has a salary cap of like a million dollars. So you got 22 players on the team. One person's going to get that maximum. Everybody else is like playing for the love and trying to just make enough money to pay their bills. They're not making a future. And they know that the average player only plays somewhere around three to five years. Yeah. So if you can imagine like you've spent all these years as like, building the world's best podcast business and you're like, I'm maxed out and I can only make this much money, which isn't even in my control for, you know, this amount of time and I can't go get a job. So what they do is the European um, and, you know, other uh, continents, they look for American players to come over, play in their leagues and seasons, which might be six, eight, 12 weeks and Americans have to, they feel compelled to go over and play. So one year they might play in Ukraine, they might play in you know, Australia, they might be playing in China, they might go back and forth between China and Russia, and they play all over because they make, there's no cap on money, they're not governed. And those countries and those teams 
will pay these American players big money to go do it for six, eight weeks. And they have to do it in order to come back home and actually be able to afford their rent and mm. put money in the bank. And so you you don't see the U.S. top NBA players going to play overseas. And there's a reason no. for that. They get paid enough to have a secure future. But there's so many, you know, that's basketball. And so what's happened is she was over there playing what she's played before, um, you know, for a certain period of time. They usually go in, you know, maybe 10 weeks or 12 weeks and come back. And we're in a really tough political environment yeah. right now. And she is a big name in the U.S. And, you know, listen, I can't make any claims and I would never. Um, but she's being made an example of. That's really mm. clear. Okay. Mm. And it's because she's our one of our best U.S. players. Yeah. And so... Um, I think it's tough and I think it will change the tone of athletes actually willing to go play in Russia for the Russian teams. Why would you? I mean, we're still trying to get her home safely. Yeah. So um, it's tough. Yeah. It, it kills me every, every day. I'm following it, reading it, trying to, you know, Yeah. I wish I had the means. We always tell athletes, you get stuck on an island, you need something. We're here. We're your champions. Call us. Mm. This is one of those scenarios. Yeah. For Nobody for can sure. do anything about it. So, yeah. No, in in the hands of the politicians, unfortunately, in a, in a challenging yeah. political climate, as we say. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, two, two things um, about Obsesh initially yeah. jumped out at me. One, you're helping athletes make their their passion, their career by helping them generate additional income streams. And two, the platform you've created, which connects consumers to athletes is the first a product of the second do you, do you think say i'm sorry say that again so you're helping athletes make their passion their career generating yeah. additional revenue streams and two you also created a platform which connects the consumers to the athletes do you think that's like a byproduct of the of the one thing happening leading to the other i think our business model when we you know, worked with athletes to really understand what was important to them. The first point of importance to them was all, all being true. They've spent a career and a lifetime mastering a craft to become some of the world's top athletes, right? That's not easy. Doing anything, whether you're an entrepreneur, takes practice. Um, and so that was something that we felt like was an unused skill that they have accessible to them. And then the second thing was what was really the pain point for them was time, the complexity of the web. Um, and what they needed was to be able to make money quickly, um, not wait on, not try and navigate through a brand sponsor, find those brands, see if they'll sponsor them, do all this work and then wait. 60, 90 days to get paid. And so mm. we felt the business model of a marketplace where a consumer can go on in just 10 seconds and literally find an athlete with the skill they want, book them for virtual coaching, shoot themselves, upload, share, and ask an athlete was something that we needed to build in some trust because it's new. It's new for consumers. It, you know, we have a, a platform that's growing that's uh, really about kind of a modern shout out called Cameo. 
Well, cameo is pretty new. You know, people do it once, but athletes are in the repeat business. They're in the skills and learning business. And so we started the business model as a marketplace uh, intentionally to help build trust, the consumer tapping into the athlete and get them familiar. Over time, we have lots of, you know, hybrid business models will employ in there. For example, when athletes start teaching boot camps and courses, Mm-hmm. might be better to have a membership where you can kind of get everything you want from that athlete on a monthly fee. Yeah. But right now, yeah, we built the marketplace because athletes said they needed to make money and they need to make it now. And consumers said, we want to tap into the athletes and we're willing to, you know, pay them for that because we'd have to go take, pay a thousand dollars a month in coaching somewhere else. And that is a lot more expensive and harder to get to. So mm. that's why at the core, I would say right this minute is we're a talent marketplace of the world's you know best athletes across lots of skills and personalities and sports, but we help them package up products, digital products in a way they can just say, great, I'm going to sell digital coaching. Great. I want to design my own merch and sell that. We'll eventually get into, I want to create you know content that are NFTs. Great. So we're giving them a house and a destination. Um, but at the core of it, we're a marketplace where consumers are tapping into athletes to buy, you know, coaching experiences and products from athletes. And, you know, how overdue do you think something like like this was in, in relation to, for example, I'm, I'm a big Welsh rugby fan brought, brought up in Cardiff and we've had an argument yeah. going yeah. on here for the last week or so that the gap between the fans and the players yeah. seemingly become wider and wider and wider. Do you see that in, in the US and do you therefore think that something like this is really overdue to try and you know, close that gap? Yeah, I, at the core of what we do, we're connecting people. We're using mm. technology, tech platform. You know, we're a commerce platform. We'll have lots of things in the marketplace. We'll have lots of support in the ecosystem that help athletes do all the things easier, like better creation tools, taxes, get financial help, get healthcare insurance. But at the core, um, we help people connect. We're connecting a young athletic consumer, you know, like the person who's in high school trying to achieve their next level. They might want to get in the college recruit system. That's hard. Okay. And so we eliminate a lot of the noise that exists and we give consumers a way to humanize their connection with top athletes. And what's also actually really remarkable is the athlete themselves, they just love connecting with the consumer, especially a consumer that wants to learn from them. And so it's like this magic moment you know, I, we are humanizing sports is what we're doing. And we're using technology as a way to bring them together that can scale, that can be easier, that can be faster. Cause truthfully, I mean, I used to chase like Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman around the stadium in Chicago, just to get it like a brush of fame from them. I never really yeah. got the brush of fame, but if I could have like booked Michael Jordan or Dennis Rodman to learn basketball, Okay. Yeah. That's where the, the, the humanizing sports comes in. And we just use technology as a mechanism to scale it, make it easier and make it accessible for athletes and consumers. Mm -hmm. So people call us a tech platform. We are, 
no doubt about it. But, you know, we're a tech commerce platform designed to humanize sports, bring people closer together because there's so many things in the way of bringing people together, time, space, Mm. you know, countries, uh, priorities. So we make it easy on both sides. Love it. And um, talking offline with you before before we went live around, you know, some of the challenges um, for for women entrepreneurs getting funding, trying to scale a business. Yeah. For you, what was the biggest or, or some of those biggest challenges of going from, you know, the idea to then pressing go? three years ago was it was it raising money or was it recruiting the right people you you tell me what have you found some of the biggest challenging things tracy yeah that's a great question it's very uh relevant and timely as two women co-founders in a sports marketplace platform Mm. industry um you know it's it's a challenge but i think the one thing that i would encourage uh, you know, listeners to know is I was very clear on our why. Why are we doing this? And where I see a lot of struggles, women, it's a fact. It's not, you know, uh, fate or the future, I hope, but it's a fact. Today, women get about 2% of all funding. And my guess is very similar to most industries a couple get all the funding and everybody else gets a little funding. So it's overwhelming. It's daunting. It's like you could actually feel, you know, defeated before you get going. The thing I would encourage for women is, yes, the statistics are true, but by understanding your why and communicating that why, we're very purpose-driven and purpose-built. And so we've been really clear. It took me a while when I started out fundraising early on, I felt like I was talking to a lot of people that didn't even really understand sports. Well, that's not going to help my fundraising. So I, you know, Mm -hmm. quickly said, okay, let's talk to people that understand sports because if they understand sports, they might be aware of the problem and I can communicate why this problem can be solved. And if we can solve it, you know, there's a real market and there's a business there because it's untapped. And so I think the thing for women is be really clear on your story. Don't, you know, and be clear on your why, your mission, and don't be hesitant to share that, put that out there. And when you're getting feedback from investors where they might say, hey, listen, interesting idea, not for me, don't take it personal. They're in the business of spending money to make money. That's the way the world works, especially in venture. And, you know, there's a lot of venture companies out there. You just have to find the right one that will be a good partner, good fit. And listen, if it was a matter of like, you know, kissing a thousand frogs to find, you know, one, I've done it. I've been there. But you can find that frog. And the more you get clear and the more you put that out there right away, don't wait till the end. Just put it out there. Um, the easier that fundraising becomes. Um, and you have to have the resilience. Just keep going. Don't give up. It's out there. And together, women, I believe, you know, when we help empower other women and we share those stories, we help rise, you know, all tides. And so, yeah, it's a good time to do that. Indeed. And another thing that, that struck me as well is that 
I think more and more people are searching for experiences and the more that you can personalize that experience, the more desirable that that experience potentially becomes. Do you see, you know, some of your strengths playing to that with the, with the platform you created and the connecting part of athletes to consumers, to fans? Personalization and tailored experience, I think for every generation is what you hope for. I mean, who wants an experience? We've all had the advertisements. That's like, what? I don't, Mm. that doesn't even relate to me. And so what you see more and more, we're really focused on what I would say is the Gen Z age group and what they now call the Gen Alpha because, you know, Z put the end of the line. So now we go back to the beginning. (laughs) But, you Uh. know, the, uh, you know, the early millennials, the uh, Gen Z, you know, the the consumers that are clearly in the sweet spot of 14 to, you know, 24, that's when their athleticism is really trying to evolve and grow and they need to level up their own skills and whether it's mental or physical or, you know, whatnot. And so what we see with Gen Z in particular, is they are born of a digital generation. And that digital generation is be relevant to me. I'm willing, I mean, all statistics, I was just talking about this with, uh, um, you know, uh, somebody with uh, McKinsey. And all statistics show that a personalized, tailored experience for a Gen Z consumer will increase their interest to purchase, connect with you as a brand, be involved with you by 40%. So for us, it's a high focus. Where we're at today is we don't have enough data to understand because we're so new. We don't have enough data with lots of athletes to understand how do you want it personalized? Do you want to just be shown, if I'm a young basketball player, do you want to just be shown basketball players? Or like I said in the beginning, do you want to search and discover Olympic jumpers that can teach me and train me on improving my vertical by three inches because they've got the best training in the world for vertical jump. So our goal is to be fully personalized using the data and, you know, search and discovery and technology and things like AI can help us do that. But in order to build those things, you just have to give your system and your technology enough data to be able to model that personalization, but we've, that's, that's our goal is personalized experience. Every time you walk into Obsesh um, and that's what we're working toward in our vision. And, and how much, um, how much help do you offer um, athletes that you on board? Because some are going to have been to college and have, you know, studied business in, in, in some form. Some of would have tried to do some of the things we talked about themselves, be that, you know, yeah. setting up a website, setting up a... You always try. Program, but... You go to YouTube and try and figure out, can I learn yeah. from maybe this person that's on there? It's really hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the help that we offer athletes is we give them full service. So... We help them with their social media if they need it. We help them learn how to sell and become, you know, turn followers into customers, which is not Mm -hmm. a natural creator mindset for an athlete. They're so used to just sharing their skills. They're not exactly used to like, okay, I can help you with yours too. 
Um, it's easier when somebody else is like, you're showing up to a camp that you're teaching. <laughs> and so we yeah. help athletes with their own sort of um, how to, how to build and sell digital products, which our coaching product is a digital product where you can get one-on-one coaching. Um, we help them with, you know, their publicity and building their brand. And so we offer a lot of services to athletes that we don't charge them with. We basically, you get that as a piece of coming on to Obsesh. And we're also building an ecosystem of partners that can help them with creation and editing tools. So they can do that faster and better. Like I said, you know, we want to get into things like financial literacy for athletes. It's a big issue. We want to help people make money, but also understand how to save Mm. it and keep it. Right. And so we're building an ecosystem that, that supports the athletes. So when they come in and they, you know, list themselves or become active as, you know, uh, an athlete on the obsessed platform, they get access to the ecosystem so that they don't have to go somewhere else to try and figure all that out. So that's our goal. We are the voice of the athlete, the champion of the athlete. And, you know, a lot of people talk about it, but we really are an athlete centric company built for athletes by athletes to help athletes, you know, grow their creator potential. I love it. The, the athletepreneur as well. Um, and athletepreneur. It's a, it's a mouthful. I got to tell you, but like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can all practice. <laughs> exactly. Let's put it out there. But no, yeah. I, I think that's that's key. Like as as you grow, you know, you're you're improving their skills because again, you know, it's one of those myths, isn't it? You know, or maybe yeah. it's you know more of a myth, a reality than a myth. And you know, these athletes, you know, make all this money, or yeah. um, they're given this money without the tools to know how you know how to actually keep that money and provide for their family. They'll go out, you know, buy the car, buy the house, and. Yeah. All the rest of it, you know, like the lottery winners who, who it's all gone in two years, you know, that kind of myth. So. Yeah, we and we encourage uh, partners to reach out to us. Um, we've been working with like um, largely uh, an accounting firm called Baker Tilly and Baker Tilly is helping create content that teaches athletes what to look for if you have an agent, what to look for in managing your money, how to think about managing your money. So we love when partners are like, hey we can provide you some expertise that can be shared and trained with the athletes. And it, what's important to know is our vision is to help athletes become the best entrepreneurs in the world. Mm. We might not help them become the best, uh, you know, football players or, you know, power forward in the world, but we, we know that athletes by a certain level already have access to those skills, but they also like booking with other athletes because that helps them from an athlete community also mm. level up. But our, our goal is to build the, you know, the entrepreneur training performance center for athletes. So we'll do that online. We'll do it in person. We'll do it with, you know, maybe someday we'll have you in uh, to teach athletes how to give great, you know, podcast interviews. Amen. That would be a great example. Yeah. yeah, and you and you need you need uh, you need a big annual event, I think, to bring everybody together as well. We do. We We're just really just trying. <laughs> us and the athletes are really trying to get through this pandemic so we can get that event. We've planned it twice, canceled it, just like many people. Uh, yeah, yeah, just trying to be patient. Um, so yeah, and we'll definitely have you there. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, look, I've, t- I've taken up too much of your time already and you are a 
very busy lady who is going to be doing some serious traveling or has already done some serious traveling as we were talking offline. So I'll let you get back to organizing all of that. But um, look, thank you. I bet you the feedback from both athletes and consumers has been phenomenal and will continue to be so as well. So um, anybody listening to this who wants to um, get involved, be that an athlete or a consumer, best place to go to is... Come visit us. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can, if you're an athlete and a pro athlete, pro.obsesh.com. If you're an NCAA collegiate athlete, go to college.obsesh.com or just send me a DM and Instagram at Obsesh Media. Amazing. Uh, Tracy Benson, thank you very, very much indeed. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Alex. It's been wonderful. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my ultimate podcast mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts, the podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you if you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org. I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.